Let me ask you a question. Are you on the train? Are you on the incredible Zabe train that is pulled out of the station? 5-0-1 in my first two weeks. Documented right here on the Zabecast. Get to my bookie and get an account and start hammering. Come on now. It's winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something on it. It doesn't have to be a ton of money. It could be 10 bucks. It's the juice. It's fun thinking, yes, I just won lunch tomorrow at Chipotle. Sometimes you got a gut feeling about a game. You're just like, I got to go with it. If you don't have gut feelings, go with me. I'm hot right now. Regardless of how you play or how you've been betting for years, get with my bookie. My bookie is a rock solid place to get your sweet, sweet action on not just the NFL, but college football now with the SEC coming back, the NBA playoffs headed towards the finals, and of course the Stanley Cup and a whole bunch more. Right now they've got a hundred thousand dollar super contest for only a ten dollar entry, and they're giving away five grand in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to invest in your sports knowledge with that kind of potential return. Sign up at my bookie, use promo code Zabe, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to a thousand bucks. That means if you put in a hundred, they'll give you another hundred to gamble with. It's easy to jumpstart your bankroll this way. NFL, NBA, and MLB, they've got it all on tap, and it's never too late to get started. So let's go. My bookie. It's winning season now exclusively at my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, were the 1980s the best decade ever? Ha <laughs> ha, that's a trick question. Of course they were. I've got my fellow 50-something charts today to help explain exactly why. I've been sleeping on USB-C, Doc Rivers gets canned, and the fourth quarter of the coronavirus battle is underway. Your high test, not street legal, 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, September 29, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Normally, Mondays are for Andy Poland, but it is Yom Kippur Monday, which is the Day of Atonement, which is the day in which you fast from sundown the day before until sundown the following day, and you think about and you atone for your sins. It's a great tradition. I'm not Jewish, so I've never participated. I wonder if they would let me participate one year can can goyim jump in this just as a ride along wants to do it like man i'm really hungry right now but i hear the food is good at the end of it anyway uh so andy could not be on tonight he'll be on tomorrow instead i got church roped in on a recent video i found on youtube which i will try to put the link to in a video snippet on my twitter feed no promises there it's easily Googleable or YouTubeable, just type in '80s tribute, waiting for a fall, uh, waiting for a star to fall. Okay, remember this is not a full blown recap of everything that's going on in sports. This is merely a supplement. It doesn't always fit up neatly day to day to day of everything that's going on. We are absolutely buried in sports right now, and that's a glorious thing. If you want more sports, of course, six to nine a.m. on the game in Milwaukee, three to six p.m. on Team Nine Eighty in D.C. That's where you can find me. Okay, having said that, let me start. First of all, Doc Rivers got fired on Monday. Two years left on his deal. Cue the soundbite. You fired him? Why'd you fire the black man? I'd play the soundbite, but I've got audio issues I'm working through. My old pig of a machine, and I mean that fondly, the old 360 Systems Instant Replay Machine, one of the earliest digital uh, sound machines for radio, that would have sound bites. It's a it's a big typewriter looking device that's got fifty rubberized buttons, plus a play and a stop and a record button on the front, a couple volume knobs. You could load sound bites and play them. You know, laugh tracks, bunch of other stuff. I've used that for twenty years in the industry, and I even bought one for my home use to the tune of five thousand dollars. They are big, they are heavy, they are cumbersome to get sound bites into. And they're just kind of out of date. And I found that in my setup that I was using, it was giving off a hum. It was giving off a whir that I was like, God 
damn, what is doing this? And I couldn't tell. I was unplugging it, putting in different power strips and different outlets. Telling you, sometimes when you're trying to hunt down a hum or a buzz or some sort of noise in a complicated tangle of video, computer, audio, it's a pain in the ass. So I decided I'm going to go to an iPad-based sound touch panel thing, and that has presented challenges unto its own. And I was also using iPads to pump out video. And I found out this. This is a pro tip for anybody who wants to put video out of their iPad. Two, two things. Number one, you can't get 16 by 9 standard high def aspect ratio video out of an iPad. Because the iPad aspect ratio is not quite 16 by 9. It's not 4 by 3, but it ain't 16 by 9 either. So it's very annoying. And I tried to fiddle with it and I noodled with it. And I was like, ah, it's just not working. But I do need to pump audio or video out of it. And so I bought a dongle, of course, a lightning connector dongle to HDMI. And I bought the cheapest one I could find on Amazon, like, you know, normal people do, right? Didn't work unless I had it plugged in simultaneously. You had to have the secondary lightning port plugged in to a wall outlet in order for the HDMI to go out. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. I don't want this. I just want it dongling off the the side of my iPad, pumping out HDMI to a TV or a monitor. Somebody said, you need to get the real Apple dongle. It's made better. It's got better circuitry. It probably handles the power load required to output video better. And I go, that sounds like bullshit. Really? Okay, I'll try it. Went to Best Buy and plunked down the (laughs) $54 for a certified Apple HDMI out from Lightning. Guess what? It works. Good news, bad news. Good news is it works. Bad news is they bone you for 54 bucks. The nerve. So that's a pro tip that you will not find literature on. This should be on every warning label. Like as you're about to buy one of these cheap dongles from Amazon, warning, warning, won't output HDMI the way that you want or are satisfied by. Cheap Chinese knockoff. But of course, they can't put that label on Amazon. They won't sell anything ever again, will they? All right, so I got this email from one Daniel Jeffers. He says, in defense of USB-C, I've also been thinking, circling, the thought of getting a new MacBook uh, because, well, at some point, you got to get new computers. Now, my current MacBook Pro, which does have HDMI out, it does have a card reader, it does have three USB-A ports, it has the outstanding MagSafe charging connector port, for which I've bought multiple chargers because I'm always losing them. Eh, you know, it's getting a little bit long in the tooth. It's, I've had it since late 2013. That's six-plus years of good service. It's got a dent in the in the case on it, and uh, the battery seems to be going a little wonky. So I'm like, maybe I get a new one. Plus, I've been eyeing the 13-incher because I'm traveling more back and forth to Milwaukee and other places, and I, I kind of do like the smaller form factor. So I'm not sure, and, and it's a lot cheaper than, the you know, you jump up to 16 inches, Jesus, expensive laptop. But I got on a rant about, oh, these USB-C ports, now I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to get docks or ports or dongles to get all my stuff out, and I was kind of railing on it, but Daniel Jeffers emailed me saying, in defense of USB-C, Zabe, I listened to your quarterly, question mark, rant on MacBook ports today. Eh, Call it semi-annual. And wanted to point out one thing you might have already known. The key to the new USB-C ports is the versatility. They can do just about everything. Any of the four can charge your MacBook, output video, or transfer data. Yes, you may need a cable to go from USB-C to HDMI, but your old MacBook can connect to one TV monitor via one specific HDMI port. Mine can connect to four 4K TVs if I desire, or two, or charge on one port, use the other for USB transfers. Since they are so versatile, you can plug your extra monitor on either side of the computer. I understand the annoyance of an adapter or cable that you may not have, but the function of these ports is just lovely. I do, though, wish it had a freaking memory card slot, though. 
He said, for work, I recently needed to hook up a few extra things. I wanted all the cables to come off of one side of the laptop, so I purchased a USB-C hub. It turns two USB-C ports into two USB 3.0s, one USB-C charging, one USB-C data, one HDMI, which comes out the back, plus one SD card and one micro SD card. Wow! Now that's impressive. Anywho, give USB-C another shot. Thanks for the good shows, Daniel Jeffers. He's right. I had forgotten about the versatility. Maybe the biggest argument in favor of USB-C is you don't have to turn it over to plug it in. God damn, is that the death of all of us with the old USB-C? Oh, no, wait, hold on, wait. Is this the right way? God, God damn. USB-C, you just slam that mofo in there, and it's good to go. Here's the problem. Here's the next problem. So I think I'm leaning towards MacBook Pro 13-inch, but the 2020 model, not the ones with the new chips, because I've got a guy who said, yeah, these new chips, they could be great, or they could be a bit of a nightmare, you know, because they've, you know, the old chips have been tuned to work with all the software and all the other components. It's a proven product. This new one's not going to be a proven product. I'm like, hmm, interesting point. Plus, it'll likely be cheaper. What if the new chips come out and they're not as good? And then I miss my window if I wait until next year to get one of the older MacBooks. Could Now I'm all confused. So any nerdy help on that front would be greatly appreciated. Pour one out for Doc Rivers. They fired the black man. Let me ask you a question. Are you on the train? Are you on the incredible Zabe train that is pulled out of the station? 5-0-1 in my first two weeks, documented right here on the Zabecast. Get to my bookie and get an account and start hammering. Come on now. It's winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something on it. It doesn't have to be a ton of money. It could be 10 bucks. It's the juice. It's fun thinking, yes, I just won lunch tomorrow at Chipotle. Sometimes you got a gut feeling about a game. You're just like, I got to go with it. If you don't have gut feelings, go with me. I'm hot right now. Regardless of how you play or how you've been betting for years, get with my bookie. My bookie is a rock solid place to get your sweet, sweet action on not just the NFL, but college football now with the SEC coming back, the NBA playoffs headed towards the finals, and of course the Stanley Cup and a whole bunch more. Right now, they've got a $100,000 super contest for only a $10 entry, and they're giving away five grand in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to invest in your sports knowledge with that kind of potential return. Sign up at my bookie. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means if you put in 100 they'll give you another 100 to gamble with. It's easy to jumpstart your bankroll this way. NFL, NBA, and MLB, they've got it all on tap, and it's never too late to get started. So let's go. My bookie. It's winning season now exclusively at my bookie. Time to talk some 80s. Paul Charchian is in the house. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Oh, I love this music. You know why? It means Charch is going to talk to us and not talk fantasy. Hold on. I got a nail. Look, 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 look. I hesitated, Charge, to even ask you because you're busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest this time of year. <laughs> it's true. To do additional podcasting with me, but I promise we'll be 20 minutes in, 20 minutes out, bing, bang, boom, and you were the guy I first thought of when it came to this specific topic today. Are you intrigued by what I've set up for you today? I'm very intrigued because the last time I was cool was in the 80s, Zabe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Charge and I, as children of the 80s, the greatest decade, by the way, and we will not accept any arguments. You can just go fuck off if you don't agree with us, <laughs> right? It gets a bad rap now. I think the 80s were a great time to grow up, and I think even as even upon reflection, when I go back to the cultural touchstones of the 80s, Zabe, they're still awesome. In many cases, they hold up extremely well. Right. I apologize for nothing with the 80s. So this is, uh, this is the video that I want to go through, and you're going to have to yourself 
look it up on YouTube to get these references. But I think a lot of this, you'll be able to listen to it on the podcast and you'll go, okay, okay, okay. Then you'll go watch it and you'll probably, if you're of our age, I think you'll appreciate the video. But I'm going to start hitting play on this, Charge, and then we're going to pause it at any moment if you want to hit pause for a comment. Just yell out pause, okay? I like it. It's it's sort of like a mystery science theater for this particular YouTube video. Right. Now, I'm, I'm going to have the benefit. I'm recording this with my video camera, my fancy video camera setup. And by the way, I oh. learned today about something called super bright 5600 Kelvin BR40 light bulbs. Oh, is is that something that is that something that makes it especially works especially well with like a monitor or something? What is that? Well, what it is is I started filming with a with a simple cheap little video switcher on my desk here, these podcasts and my radio shows just to have a video element available, right? Yeah. And I realized quickly that the normal uh R40 lights that go the recessed lights that go into the recessed sockets of typical houses, those yeah. at uh, I believe they're at like 2,700 Kelvin of temperature, which is a warm sort of yellowish light, are terrible yes. for video. They're way yes. dimmer than you think. So they make these 150-watt LED lights that give out 2,100 lumens each compared to about 750 lumens for the other bulbs, and they're at a much brighter daylight temperature which is 5600k and i mean i'm like sitting here in my office just going it's so bright in here but it's not annoying bright <laughs> it's actually a good pleasing bright so if you want to brighten up a room you spend time in working in consider the 150 watt 5600 kelvin led lights for your recessed lighting okay that ends the lighting talk. Let's get to the video. This is set to a song called Waiting for a Star to Fall by the one-hit wonder group Boy Meets Girl. Right, Church? Oh, and it's very a- much one-hit wonder, Boy, yes. Let's it's a sweet song, by the way. It's an adorable song. I, I love it. As a cheese ball inside, it's very poppy and peppy, and it'll make you happy if you aren't too cynical. It was a simpler time, the 80s, Abe. So in the first right now, I'm going to hit the first pause, 24 seconds in. We'll never get through the video at this rate, but I'll I'll let it go for a longer period. You are hit with, in the first 24 seconds, a barrage, am I right, of classic 80s images. Yes, we're getting about one every two seconds, and every damn one of them is instantly recognizable. That's the amazing thing out of this, I think, Zabe, is that we're going to go through whatever, four minutes and 32 seconds of this, and at this clip, we're going to see hundreds and hundreds of things. And in almost every case, you're like, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. Yeah, a Peter Gabriel video frame grab, a Donkey Kong frame, or no, I'm sorry, a Mario Brothers frame mm-hmm. grab uh, yes uh ted danson kissing shelly long and cheers the uh the next shot as i'm scrubbing through is of john candy and uh oh what movie was that planes trains and automobiles i believe uh, I mean, and, yes that is because it's steve martin that's with him that yeah, is steve planes, martin. trains and automobiles yes a clip of et a clip of rocky running on the beach with uh, Carl Weathers. I mean, it's just right out of the gate. <laughs> Alf. Alf. Madonna. Cindy Lauper. Van Halen. Ghostbusters. Chevy Chase and Vacation. John. Uh, let's Whitney stop Houston. Let's All right, pause. You. Okay. Pausing at 36 right. seconds. Go. All right. A couple, of, a couple of quick observations. First of all, there's a quick shot of the B-52s when they were young, young people. And the full beehive, the full beehive head headdress for, uh, for the gals. And a band that is, I think, improbably has gone on to, to be relevant, you know, for 30, 40 years. Which oh, it, there they are. I didn't know who that was at first. That's the B-52s. Yes. 
It's the B-52. Rock Lobster! <laughs> correct, correct. Yes, Love Shack and, you know, and a bunch of hits in there as well, right? And um, and that was a, yeah, that was a band that I, I don't think any, I don't think most people thought would ultimately be, ultimately be successful. But yeah, there, right. there they were. We'll pick it back up at 23. Oh, Whitney Houston. Goddamn shame she overdosed. Top Gun, Tom Cruise. There is a great sequence here at at 40. I'm going to scrub through it. It is a great sequence of shots of the It Girls of the 80s. Number one, Allie fucking Sheedy. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Allie Molly Ringwald. Boom. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the third one, the blonde, who is that blonde? The third one in this series of that's shots. Meg, it's Meg Ryan. I think, Can't I think be. that's a, I think that is Meg Ryan in her prime. Uh, then there's a couple others, but it's just a bunch whoa, whoa, of great whoa, 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 shots. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't, you, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. You, All right. Give me the names of the other gals because I'm blowing them. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you 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 can't just blow by the Princess Bride. Oh, sorry. The, the amazing cultural impact of and one of the greatest warm, fuzzy, you know, movies of all time. Robin Wright, who was uh, yes, who was in Princess Bride, a young, a young Robin. She's still beautiful in that but movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who is the uh, who's the attractive African American gal in the sweater? charge yeah there we go i lost you for a second zay but we are back all right who is the attractive african-american gal in the sweater the red and white sweater i i don't know okay. i don't know who that is yeah how, how about the girl who's like sweaty with the headband on yeah uh we've got a little kelly lebrock coming okay and then we've got mm. then we've got a a young uh shields brooke shields brooke shields wow that's amazing yep uh, Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates in the Phoebe red Cates, bikini. Yes. Then, yeah. oh, and then we have Jerry Maguire's girlfriend from, uh, she just died of cancer suddenly, I think. She's in some movie early on. Uh, what's her name? God, I'm having name block now. We're never going to get through this video. Don't know. Oh, and then a young, is that Elizabeth Shue? It is. Elizabeth Shue. Karate Kid, Karate Kid, Bill Cosby, Married with Children, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, the original Batman. Then we get to the AHA. Stop. Okay, go ahead. Now, you get to Conan the Barbarian. And I think we take for granted the astounding life of Arnold Schwarzenegger who doesn't know a word of English comes to America with a dream to become, uh, become a, a, an actor and a, and a professional weightlifter gets cast as Conan, the barbarian only because there's about eight spoken words in the whole movie. And he just grunts his way through it and ends up being the governor of California. I mean, it's it charge. That it, is some good next level shit from you. I knew that's why I wanted you on this particular podcast. Fuck yeah, way to bring it. That's a great nugget there. I didn't know that, that he beat out other guys. All because I lift weights in Austria, my home country. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, it's just an improbable success story as there is in the history of Hollywood. And that's that's saying plenty. All right, let's keep going here. Yes. Now we get to the aha take on me video, which is easily one of the iconic videos of all time right agreed not just because the song was great but the way it used rotoscoping as they call it in video production to meld two worlds a artist's world of sketch drawings with real life and the classic tale of a boy and a girl (laughs) i'm like casey Kasem, a boy and a girl running off together hand in hand despite all danger now we would say a 
a person who identifies as a boy and a person who identifies (laughs) as a girl. You bring down this wonderful (laughs) ladies moment with your modern day nonsense. (laughs) Tony Danza, Robert, Robert Palmer, Robert Plant, Plant or Palmer? Palmer. Robert Palmer, Palmer. addicted to love. Yeah. Rocky in his prime with the yellow tank top. Leslie Nielsen, now, Naked Gun. Yes. How, <laughs> how great is that? Now, the Naked... Can we pause on the Naked Gun movies for just a minute? Yes, please. The Naked Gun movies are wonderfully funny. And I think they are at, at a caliber... And they hold up very well, by the way. They're at a caliber that isn't all that different from like the more iconic airplane. Um, I happen to be friends with the guy who wrote the naked gun series who's that his name is pat proft and he has written so many hilarious movies over the course of his career including the naked gun movies and the opening of naked gun with oj simpson busting into a uh in uh he's on a he's on a yacht and he busts into a uh the middle of a drug deal is so freaking funny it kills me every time it is great physical comedy and if you've got kids that you know you want to indoctrinate with some of the older classics they you can't go wrong with the naked gun series they're damn funny then of course beverly hills cop with a young eddie murphy and then you got jennifer gray being lifted up overhead in dirty dancing by patrick swayze of course taken too soon it's at this point and we're a minute 15 in. I'm starting to get, Charge, all the feels, as the kids Aww. say. Yes. Because yes. I'm starting to, in my brain, think about all these great movies that they are not making anymore. No, or any movies that they're making anymore. You Forget are the pandemic, even pre-pandemic. All of these original, quirky, interesting movies that are about great stories or maybe somewhat far-fetched but you buy into it stories that make you feel something inside they're not making them anymore well no zabe it's because, because there were there's no superheroes in these movies there's no special effects in these movies you know this was about telling stories about people interacting with right. people and not just superheroes blowing up supervillains but you know do you that, know why do you know why they're not making these movies anymore Greed. Tell me. Simple, basic greed. These movies, Dirty Dancing doesn't translate to the Chinese fucking market or India. Yeah, that's a lot of it. That, you're, at, you're right. So, and the international audience, does it play if it's a talking movie? Nobody no. wants to take risks anymore. There might be two or three movies that tickle the underneath of like a, a good story or something that makes you... Remember walking out of a theater feeling really good, that endorphin rush of... What a fucking story there. Like, I don't even think I saw Dirty Dance and the whole thing. I don't even know what it's about, but I know the clips from it. And I know it was a feel-good story when it was all said and done. And Jennifer Grey was a goddamn dime piece, even before she got her nose job, which I didn't think she needed. (laughs) (laughs) RoboCop. RoboCop. Three Amigos. Three Amigos. The goddamn Three Amigos. So good. Three Amigos. Uh, Back to the Future, which was uh, which was absolutely huge at the time. And now we've already had three Top Gun references in this. I know. Now, Zabe, are, Springsteen, are you aware Tom that, Selleck, uh, Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead on the uh, Tom Cruise have thing. You, or the Top have Gun you thing. Seen, have you seen Top Gun through the eyes of a gay man? <laughs> how would i do it that? is it is the, do i need to borrow the, gayest, the eyes of a gay man to do that you do it's I, the gayest big hit that you've ever seen and you wouldn't know <laughs> but if you look for that it is so very very gay how not that you, there's anything wrong with no it. not that there's anything wrong with it but yeah okay no all right so let's yeah. just let's just continue here we're going to kind of let it roll and i'm going to talk over quite a bit of it yeah uh, Ferris Bueller's girlfriend was astoundingly beautiful and went on to do basically nothing with the rest of her career, which is really sad. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure no fault of hers. The larger thing I thought about when I was watching this 
was how fucked up our world is today. Thanks to the internet and thanks to social media and how there is no unfucking all that we've done. And it makes me quite depressed, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because I do believe that the 80s were like the sweet spot of, yes, there's modernity and there is technology, but there's not too much technology. Susanna Hoffs, by the way, the Bengals. Holy shit, was she unbelievable in her prime. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Scarface... Yeah. Robin Williams has popped up a couple of times. Best Robin Williams film is Dead Poets Society. Mm, I'd have to look at his filmography. I think there might be a few I prefer better than that. It is outstanding. I recommend a rewatch. It ages beautifully. Now we get uh, now we, we get just, the now I we get saw Leslie, Now I we get saw, the uh, we get the kiss sequence here. This is all just big on-screen kisses. Which, of course, is the home run money shot of any good romantic movie. And then there's a naked gun of Nordberg being launched. There's a cartoon (laughs) sequence here that I don't care for, but I understand it's part of the 80s, including Transformers and Go-Go Gadget and the Smurfs. man Yeah. Right, for the younger generations. Uh, Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. That was a big deal. for And it was just one match, right? And it, the buildup was months long for Andre the Giant versus uh, versus Hulkamania. Yeah. So part of this is just okay. We're old and we're entering our midlife crises if we're not in, in it already. And so these things spur all the nostalgia charge. I get yeah. that, but I will maintain this was the best decade for the reasons I said that there was some technology, but not too much that to make money in a non-globalized marketplace, you had to make movies that appeal to people, not just a fucking cartoon movie that could sell in China. (laughs) Sorry if I'm yelling and and cursing, but I am I'm mad. and, And there was this, right? It was a decade of peace. It was a decade in which we won the cold war without firing a shot. Yeah, it was, you know, we, we had been told for all of the 80s that Reagan was going to launch our, our ICBMs and destroy the world and oh, that we were going to have a nuclear disaster and everything. And, of course, it never happened. Yeah. And, by the way, video guys like, games. Guys like, Don, just, guys like Don Henley made whole songs and videos that mocked yes. with those puppets, you know, like Reagan, that old dunce bag, Reagan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All, all he did was liberate a billion people from communist rule. I know, <laughs> you know? I know Church. I just – I. I just I, I will I look back at that now. Maybe here's the thing: if you are somebody from whose wheelhouse was the '90s, send yeah. me the best compilation of the '90s. Now I was in a different season of my life as you were as well. Those were the co- post college years, the young professional years, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and then the 2000s are kind of so recent. <laughs> they're so recent, but they're still 20 they're- years ago. <laughs> I know that's the ridiculous thing, right? You know, nine eleven. Oh man, yeah, that's, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. The um, uh, oh, sorry, I'm wrapping it up. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Final thoughts on this right, charge right. as we get ready for the unicorn battle tonight between Lamar and Patrick. Um, maybe when people hear this, it'll already be over. But I think it's going to be a, a sort of shockingly low-scoring game, Zabe. But it's uh. Oh, I don't care about the game. I, I meant final thoughts on the on the video or the eighties or oh, just. Oh, sorry, so, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, you know, um, some of these people have not aged. Tom Cruise looks no different today than he did in the mid eighties when he was playing a high schooler in Risky Business. That's true, and some uh, in the in the montage are sadly dead, and some of the dime pieces have not aged well. Some have, but there you go. All right. Thanks for walking down nostalgia this lane. It's a lot of fun. Me. It's a lot of fun. And if I you had got a great something, time. if you got something from the seventies or the nineties, we're not going to do the aughts. Send me your best from no. the nineties or the seventies or even the sixties if you want, and uh, and we'll go through that one there. In the meantime, charge. I will talk to you on Friday for uh, football Sounds five good. ways. Thank you, bud. Bye bye. We'll end on this today. Corey Burnett emails me to say, Zabe, about a month ago, I stopped listening to your Zabecast. <gasps> because in reality, it had become the right-wing Corona cast. Right-wing, huh? 
Since when did a virus become right wing, left wing? Weird. I thought I was just bringing up facts and evidence and contrary examples of how other countries were doing things differently or research. Every episode was jam-packed with whining and complaining about coronavirus-related issues. Whining and complaining. There's only people who understand liberty and those who don't. There was little sports talk to be found that wasn't somehow related to COVID. Well, COVID has impacted sports greatly. I understand that the virus is huge news and affects everything we do, but your podcast has become an endless repeat of right-wing and somewhat conspiratorial diatribes. Really? I couldn't take it anymore, so I unsubscribed. And that, sir, I salute you. Godspeed, and and go forth, prosper, my friend. Thank you for what you did subscribe to. He said, I thought it might be interesting to listen to your take on the Redskins' loss to the Cardinals after week two, so I downloaded Monday's first hour, and sure enough, it took less than five minutes before you were banging the anti-coronavirus drums. I wanted to hear your take on the game, not you browbeat the NFL and our government. Our government, yes, our beloved government. Don't browbeat them. They're good people. There are some good people. Government is a fucking mess. I mean, come on now, Corey. Anyway, I guess my, you know, sincerely, Corey, yada, yada, yada. Come back whenever, don't come back, that's fine. Pay, don't pay, pop in, pop out. Here's the thing, this, this, this little thing is my platform. What pisses me off and and what so few people understand is when athletes say, I have a platform, no, no, no. The NFL owns their platform. You, as an athlete who might have followers on Twitter, that's your platform. So you want to go cape up for certain causes, go do it over there. Now you'll say, but, Zabe, you on your radio shows, you don't own those platforms, 980 or uh, the game, and I hear you on those things sometimes. It's true, I do, but I'm, I'm thoughtful. I'm a bit more careful about doing it now more than ever. I'm trying to back off from it because I'm respectful of the fact that those aren't my platforms. Those are platforms where I am paid to shut up and dribble, as the saying goes. But there are things that intersect with sports that are topics, and at some point it's hard to sit there and you're just shutting up and dribbling and trying to you know, keep it to sports, and the other side, so to speak, is just haranguing and haranguing with the politically approved narrative du jour, and you're like, why am I not pushing back on this? And the answer is simple, because many of us realize you put yourself in the crosshairs of losing your job, and nobody wants to do that in this day and age. But this is my platform, and so this is why I leave it generally to here. I got three hours, and I got three more hours of sports, two different flavors every single day. But the whole repeat of right-wing and, quote, somewhat conspiratorial stories is, I think, lazy. That's a lazy word, conspiracy. I don't traffic in conspiracies. I point out things that are necessary conflicts of interest, and I point out agendas, and I point out the fact that this guy Fauci is a government bureaucrat through and through with a little touch of a God complex, he wants to save the world, and a guy who all he sees is vaccines, lockdowns and vaccines. This was Fauci talking doctor to doctor with Rand Paul in front of Congress in which Rand Paul dared to as a senator up on the latest news, facts, studies, information, well-read, probably better read than Fauci who does a billion interviews a day, and also a doctor saying, hey, maybe the New York story is different from what you are saying it is. You know, Senator, I'd be happy at a different time to sit down and go over detail. You've said a lot of... Condescending as fuck. I will be glad to sit down at another time. I don't have the time right now. I can't concisely say, well, that's an interesting point, but here's where I disagree. That would be civil peer-to-peer dialogue. That's condescending bullshit from a career bureaucrat. Different things. You've compared us to Sweden And there are a lot of differences. And you said, well, you know, there are a lot of differences between Sweden. But compare Sweden's death rate to other comparable 
no uh, uh, Scandinavian countries. Compare an apple to a guitar. Compare LeBron James to Cindy Lauper. I mean, you can compare a lot of different things. Tell me what comparisons are apt. He says you got to only compare Sweden to other Scandinavian countries, and you only have to use death rates. By the way, he doesn't specify is it deaths per one hundred or per one million people. Is it current death rate? Is it death rate cumulative? Is it excess mortality year over year? It's worse. So I don't think it's appropriate to compare Sweden with us. Yes, we have. I, I think in the, in, in the beginning, we've done things based on the knowledge we had at the time. And hopefully, and I am, and my colleagues are humble enough and modest enough to realize that as new data comes, you make different recommendations. By the way, he has not made, he has not made a single different recommendation from the very start of this. It's what we need is more cowbell, more lockdown, hunker down for the winter, hang in there until there's vaccines, plural. But I don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially, um, I want to say shut. Listen to him check swinging on, he doesn't want to admit mistake. He didn't say mistake, check swing. Doesn't want to say lockdown. Down. I mean, essentially having the physical separation and the kinds of recommendations that we've made. But you've been a big fan of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. Okay. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How yeah. could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great no. job. He had the worst death rate in the world. No, you misconstrued that sentence. That, see, this is where, no, not misconstrued. Fact. And you've done that repetitively in the past. Irrelevant. They got hit very badly. They've made some mistakes. Right now, if you look at what's going on right now, the things that are going on in New York to get their test positivity 1% or less is because they are looking at the guidelines that we have put together. They're behaving as us government bureaucrats tell them to. From the task force of the four or five things of masks, social distancing, outdoors, more than indoors, avoiding crowds, and washing hands. They're not doing any of that shit demonstrably any different than anywhere else. They're just keeping restaurants basically shut down. Or they've developed enough community immunity right. that they're no longer having the pandemic because they have enough immunity in New York City to actually stop. I challenge that, uh, Senator. I'm because I'm I, I, want I challenge that. He doesn't say, well, that's possible, Senator. However... Here's the numbers I'm seeing. Bop, 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 beep, bop, 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 beep, bop, bop. No, he gets angry here, as you can hear, okay? Have enough immunity in New York City to actually stop. I challenge that, uh, Senator. I'm afraid, because I'm afraid. I, I want, please, sir, I would like to be able to do this because this happens with Senator Rand all the time. Oh, boo-hoo, boo You are not listening. You are not listening. Oh, doesn't that hit you right in the marital argument nerve, you are not listening. Also known as, you're not agreeing with me, and that has made me angry. So I'm going to claim you're not listening. When you as a husband or wife go, oh, no, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening so well I can regurgitate your argument better than you can, and I still disagree with it. With Senator Rand all the time. You were not listening to what the director of the CDC said that in New York, it's about 22%. If you believe 22% is herd immunity, I believe you're alone in that. There's also And then he leans back. You have to see the video. He leans back, Fauci does, as if he has just mic-dropped him. Leans back. Then you are alone in that. By the way, the 22% immunity number came from back in May. It's September. I guarantee that number has risen. Here's why. There was a study in Japan, 624 people, and they started at 6% antibodies. In uh, about three months, they tested again 48%. That's with a group of people who were not even exposed to so-called high-risk individuals. It was just a subset of people like, here, let's test this. By the way, Japan's doing these tests. Other countries... Where the fuck are our tests in America to try to figure out what's going on here?
I'm telling you, the May number for New York is well beyond 22% at this point. And here we go with the cross-cell T-cell immunity as well. The pre-existing immunity of those who have cross-reactivity, which is about a third of the public in many estimates from studies, which would actually get you to about five hundred. I'd like to talk to you about that also because there was a study that recently came out that pre-existing immunity to coronaviruses that are common cold do not cross-react with the COVID-19. Thank you, Senator Paul. Senator Murphy. And there it was right there. He said a recent study, didn't cite it, didn't have any command of it. Nobody has found it either uh, from the people that I follow on Twitter. Nobody has found this magic, you know, recent study that Fauci is quoting here. And there are about seven uh, counter studies that say, yeah, no, there's probably some T-cell cross-reactivity that the population has. But I just ask you this. If you are on the fence, if you are kind of like Corey going, God damn, saving enough of this shit, just listen. Does this sound like a doctor who is engaging in reason, an honest dialogue with a fellow doctor who happens to be an elected senator about what's going on, the latest information, what we should do, the cost and benefit, everything involved? Does it sound like that kind of a guy or does it sound like a political hack, a government bureaucrat? He spent his whole life in the government. He is very shrewd at assembling, at marshalling power, favoring the right people and staying in his gig. And he is who he is. He's one guy with one opinion and likely an agenda. He believes either because he thinks it's beneficial to those he prefers in power to keep banging the shutdown cowbell or lockdown cowbell, at least through the election, or He's just scared and or he is a God complex bureaucrat. He's like, I want to save the world. We can't let people get back to normal lives. We can't let herd immunity take over and this thing fade. I've got a vaccine rollout to oversee so I can be the hero. This is a guy who's on the cover of Time magazine, an article written by Jimmy Kimmel. I'm pretty sure that's real. I I hope that's not a fake. I haven't checked it. It looked real to me. It didn't. No one said this is a fake. Jimmy Kimmel apparently wrote a story for Time Magazine about the greatness of Anthony Fauci. Holy fucking shit. One person on Twitter said, Fauci is like a French general in the 1940s urging the building of a deeper, stronger Maginot line. Even as the Germans sweep around it, he's fixed on a single theory of defense and appears incapable of updating his strategy as new facts emerge. We need a more agile, dynamic thinker. Luckily, momentum or romentum is building. Florida, fully open. Indiana, basically fully open. Belgium says they won't use PCR testing anymore to track the virus. Spain has just recalibrated what they consider to be a positive test that has dropped their numbers dramatically. Scottsdale, Arizona rescinds their mask mandate. Of course, some places are just going to mega care in it. The Met Opera has said they are canceling the entire 2021 season. They'll be dark until next September. Holy shit. Phil Murphy in New Jersey says our goal must be to get deaths from coronavirus to zero, not three or five or seven like today, zero. Bill de Blasio says we're not done until the number is zero. This is insanity. But it's going on right now. And that is the end of my coronavirus rant. I kept it to the very end. It wasn't a rant. It was a reasoned, well-delivered, and very well-put little diatribe, dialogue, monologue, whatever it was. I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I'm saying this is what's happening, just in case you didn't know if you were on the fence. But thank you, Corey Burnett and others who just come to me for sports because I know. You want sports in this. Most of the times this podcast is sports. Today it really wasn't a whole lot of sports, now was it? And I still think it was pretty darn good. That's enough for now. Uh, As always, feedback welcome. Constructive criticism, lavish over-the-top praise, or just factual nitpicking. Even if you want to correct me on the nimbleness and usefulness of USB-C as a port. If you would like to subscribe to Fridays, you can, and I'd love it if you did. I appreciate it very much. Your $5 is not taken for granted. Not around these parts. 
We are in a micro-subscription era now where it's getting harder and harder to speak truth without being smacked down, censored, or otherwise canceled, and this will continue to give us a chance to do that. Remember, you're only as deep as your most recent inspirational quote. So says the Instagram account called Uninspirational. I love it. Have a great day, and we will see you next time. Let me ask you a question. Are you on the train? Are you on the incredible Zabe train that is pulled out of the station? 5-0-1 in my first two weeks, documented right here on the Zabecast. Get to my bookie and get an account and start hammering. Come on now. It's winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when you got a little bit of something, something on it. It doesn't have to be a ton of money. It could be 10 bucks. It's the juice. It's fun thinking, yes, I just won lunch tomorrow at Chipotle. Sometimes you got a gut feeling about a game. You're just like, I got to go with it. If you don't have gut feelings, go with me. I'm hot right now. Regardless of how you play or how you've been betting for years, get with my bookie. My bookie is a rock solid place to get your sweet, sweet action on not just the NFL, but college football now with the SEC coming back, the NBA playoffs headed towards the finals, and of course the Stanley Cup and a whole bunch more. Right now they've got a $100,000 super contest for only a $10 entry, and they're giving away five grand in cash prizes every four weeks. You'd be crazy not to invest in your sports knowledge with that kind of potential return. Sign up at my bookie. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means if you put in 100 they'll give you another 100 to gamble with. It's easy to jumpstart your bankroll this way. NFL, NBA, and MLB, they've got it all on tap, and it's never too late to get started. So let's go. My bookie. It's winning season now exclusively at my bookie.